Hello, party people. Welcome to the Marketing That Works podcast. Here we are back again. I'm here with my uh, my co-host this week, which will hopefully be a recurring thing, my friend Leighton Hart. Leighton, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Yeah, we're working out some contract stuff on me appearing on the podcast. Is that on your Mac right there? Did you have a speech written about your <laughs> I do. signing bonus? It's, it's only... Um, yeah, it's I'm just looking, a paragraph I'm at the contract. It's my rider for what... Uh, you saw what Garrett Cole made today from the Yankees, and you're like, nine years, $324 million. <laughs> Right. This is happening. That's right. I know there's big money in podcasts, so. Huge money, especially if you broadcast on Anchor, where you can get subscriptions and all sorts of other things. So Layton's going to start joining me as a regular co-host, and we're going to talk about marketing. He owns his own investment firm, and that is called Avenue Planning Group. That's Would true. you like to discuss that at all? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, Avenue Planning Group, it's a, a fee-only financial advisory practice, and we serve primarily busy... Did you say feet-only? Fee? That's fee. Right. We only serve feet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so fee-only investment advisory practice, serving busy Generation X families. So... Excellent. The Drew Bedards of the world. Right. Yes. Am I Generation X? Is that right? Whatever, it doesn't matter. So on this week, the Marketing That Works podcast, we're right before Christmas. So right before Christmas in 2019, so if you listen to this in the future, that's where we are in time. And um, I sent a note to Leighton earlier. I said, let's talk about Christmas and let's talk about marketing that works at Christmas. But I have an article, uh, which is very interesting, that came out, perfect timing, from Google, the Google or Alphabet, um, and the article was called, Here's What You Should Know About Three Trends Driving This Year's Holiday Season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read straight from the article. The holiday season is the most important time of the year for a lot of brands. It's also the most competitive. And thanks to a shorter shopping window between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day, the pressure may feel even greater. Instead of the 32 shopping days we had last year between, that's in 2018, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, we only, we're only looking at 26 days this year. That's almost a full week less, less of peak shopping time. The silver lining, overall retail spending is higher than ever, with people spending a record-breaking $853 billion last year. And that upswing isn't just for brick and mortar, obviously, as e-commerce sales saw the most significant growth in more than a decade, an increase of 18% year over year. If those numbers are an indicator, businesses are likely pinning their hopes on a healthy holiday shopping season. But with so many brands and products competing for a slice of the holiday season pie, it's more critical than ever for marketers to reach and engage shoppers in key decision-making moments. This is, they say, to help. We've, we've thrown out some numbers. So here's their numbers. 1.85% or times, 1.8 times, Increase in mobile searches for gift box for the last two years. So just a random number there. One in four shoppers believe brick and mortar stores are giving them the best deals possible. But that leaves 58% believe they'll get a better deal online. 55% of shoppers say they like it when companies make it easy for them to do what they want without having to talk to anybody, which is increasing year over year. So here's the trends, and I'll go through those quickly, and then we can discuss. Holiday shopping trend number one, 
they're begging to be inspired, which basically in their first couple sentences saying, shoppers are making their list and checking them twice and they're heading online for inspiration. 34% of people say that discovering new products and getting ideas are aspects they enjoy the most about shopping. This is the perfect time for you to be there to inspire curious shoppers. So, first trend, inspiring, so being there. So we can go off the cuff and say, there's some things that you've seen that you think are interesting, and then we can circle back to these topics. Yeah, and I buy that 100%. In fact, one of the things I was I was jotting some notes down today, one of the notes I jotted down was that uh, there's huge opportunity, I believe, in aggregating ideas for people to make shopping easier. Okay. And what I mean by that is um, we're trying to find one or two more things for my 16-year-old daughter. Right. And I got on the Google and searched <laughs> the Google gifts for 16-year-old girl. Which I've done a ton for like Jessica, for my wife or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in New York Magazine mm-hmm. had a list of 37 things that are just spot on for a 16-year-old teenage girl. And they're all connected to Amazon probably, so they get the Amazon associates kickback probably, but yeah, keep I'm going. I'm sure. I'm yes. sure. Uh, and it's stuff that I wouldn't have, you know, I I don't occupy that headspace, so so I don't know. Um, but, but I think, uh, in my experience at least, more stuff like that, I think that's a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the, the content creators can hyper-target that stuff so, right. that, so that, you know, what do you want to give to a high handicap 43-year-old male golfer? Like, <laughs> here's a list of 17 things. But you can things. super target those things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you I, can make I, a list for 42-year-olds, for 43-year-olds, for 44-year-olds, because sometimes that's what you're Googling. It's yeah. so specific in yeah. nature. Yeah. So I buy that, um, that inspiration trend completely. I, I think that's completely true. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I'm going through the same. Yeah, like like I said with with Jessica, but it's also with kids. You know, you and I both have young kids. It's like you're constantly. I mean, they kind of give you one of the trends that I was going to say that is interesting that I'm seeing is coming back as sort of an old school trend is the catalog trend. Mm-hmm. Like Target and Amazon. Amazon's now putting out catalogs, but. What's happening is that those Target catalogs or like the old Sears catalogs that you you and I are similar ages, so you get those Sears catalogs way back in the day. God bless Sears, by the way, RIP. That's right. Um, but you get them and you'd like get, it, you'd be dreaming about these like items you were going to get. Well, that's kind of back. It's coming back, but the kids will circle things and be like, ooh, I want this and ooh, I want this. But then a lot of the parents and grandparents are looking for similar things. So it's like sometimes you can surprise a child by, hey, you wanted this Paw Patrol thing and I got you a little bit better Paw Patrol thing or I got you a different, you know, like yeah. that's how it might inspire us to, to kind of go off the cuff. But yes, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And yes, the niche, that is a good opportunity for online sites to aggregate ideas and then yeah because i mean so much of it is and it's increasing only more and more over the years is this very specific search query whereas like we all started with netscape and google and all these other ones where it was like very broad because we weren't expecting the internet to do much yep. but now it does exactly what you want on any yeah so yeah yeah yep yeah. yeah. okay so the inspiration that's a big one but 
very interesting stuff in the uh, targeted aggregated list, which gives me some ideas. I mean, it's, you know, so many times a lot of brands kind of get into the same routine every Christmas of putting out the same stuff, not necessarily seeing or looking at the measurement of returns, but you have to look at what's working in the marketplace. And you're right. A lot of those, um, I look at that around birthdays, anniversaries, and Christmas, where I'm looking for stuff for Jessica. And it's like, you know, gifts for my wife and I'll look on and Amazon will have a list or New York, New York Magazine will have a list or whatever it is. Or you go on um, Pinterest is doing stuff like that, too. So one, yeah. one more thing about that yeah. is that is that it's it's a challenge, though. Sometimes um, my wife, for example, probably doesn't know all the brands that I'm into. Right. In terms of uh, hobbies and activities, sports and even maybe some like clothing brands and things like that. And I'm definitely not in the loop on on her her brand set that she likes. Right. So there's there's got to be some way to kind of bridge that gap to to let a guy like me mm-hmm. peek into you know kind of what she's into. Oh yeah. And, that's and yeah, true. like Pinterest is sort of a way to do that. But but I yeah. know for our anniversary, what she really wanted for our anniversary was a it was a, a a jewelry thing that's that's online. It's kind of a it's not Pandora crafted. <laughs> It is not. Uh, <laughs> I sent you that Pandora Saturday Night Live skit where it's like, you know, the wives basically going through and they have these Pandora charms and they're like, I didn't want this. And it's like the the wives got the husbands all these great gifts, like a driver or a putter or something like that. And it's like, I got you a ballet slippers for your Pandora. Sorry, keep going. Yes. You're so clueless when it comes to gift buying. Yes. Um, yeah, we're but, terrible at it. But it was, I never would have stumbled across this, this brand because it's, handmade stuff in Nashville like yes. it never would have come across it but that's what she wanted more than anything so basically she she had to tell me look here here's what I want and right. here's how you get it yes um, so I think something that bridges or, or gives us eyes to see into some of those other brands uh, yes. would be helpful and those those lists kind of do that yeah I make an Amazon list for Jessica because she's constantly asking or um, my mom or my mother-in-law are asking for gift ideas so I will go ahead I'm now proactive about it like I'm aggregate and blessed to do that like that they want to buy gifts but I'm also looking but I mean honestly she's feeding me ideas most of the time because it's like they've already picked out what they want but yeah getting a view into that is very interesting so the the second um if I can make it back on my phone here we go second inspiration point or the second holiday shopping trend is their thrill seekers. So this is from the Google article. Great newsletter to subscribe to, by the way, thinkwithgoogle.com, and they have a lot of like retail trends. And You subscribe to that? I've, I've seen it before. Okay, good stuff, yeah. Okay, so here's the paragraph. While some may get a head start on their research, many shoppers hold off hitting the buy button until they know they've got the best deal. And for 52% of shoppers, finding a great deal is the most enjoyable thing about shopping, even better than getting the lowest price. Black Friday has traditionally owned the bragging rights for the biggest in-store deal day, but we're seeing a shift in consumer thinking. Today, only one in four shoppers believe that that brick-and-mortar stores are giving them the best deals possible, Hmm. which is part of the probably death of the big box store. But but a majority of shoppers, again, 58%, believe they're getting a better deal online. People still turn to search first even if they plan to buy in a store. Around 40% of shoppers from all over the world say they use Google to find the best deals. Hmm. 
We've seen similar trends in keyword searches in the past two years. Mobile searches for best deals have grown over 90%, and searches around reward rewards apps and Black Friday deals are up 200%. I don't know if you have, do you have Honey? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Like there's Honey and there's a couple other ones, but like that thing, there is such a dopamine, serotonin drip blast when I find that I can save like a dollar fifty on some item. But it's true that we're all doing I mean, how many times and I'd love for you to speak to this is like if I'm in a brick and mortar store, first of all, I think about this stuff all the time. So every time I'm in a brick and mortar store, I'm like, good God, this process is just gonna die because it's too hard. Even even the really good customer service stores, you've still got to walk aways, you've got to find it. It's in on aisle 16. So most of your searches are I'm going and I'm scanning barcodes to see if I can get it for cheaper on Amazon. But most people are starting at Amazon or YouTube or Google for their searches these days. And it feels so good to find the best deal over brick and mortar anywhere. I mean, go to Google Shopping or Amazon, but yeah, what do you think about it that? It is funny, so so the way I've, I've done that in the past is I use uh, my phone as just just an honesty check, just to keep a, a, yeah. a retailer honest, right? because I'll, I'll be looking for something and I'll, like you said, scan the barcode or do whatever and, and just see, okay, this place is selling this for 300 bucks. Is, yeah. that, is it really 300 bucks? Or do they sell it for one ninety nine on exactly. Amazon? Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's how I use that, and I think that's. So what does that say? I do the same thing, and I know there's probably a lot of people listening to the show who do the same thing. Is that we've, and is it a brand thing or not? But it's a trust thing. It's like you have this tool in your pocket that can check them on trust. Yeah. And like Walmart lived and breathed on the fact, and they're doing a great job of keeping up, but. Walmart had a, had like a decade or maybe 15 years. It was like you trusted them above all else that they were going to have the lowest price, mm-hmm. right? But now we still now we go into Walmart and you're still checking barcodes because you want to see if Amazon has it cheaper, Google Shopping has it cheaper, or any place has yeah. it cheaper. Um, so interesting. Yeah, that that's how retail is moving in that direction of there's no trust left. It's I'm I'm I trust myself to find the best deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also the just the the fact of, of, of picking your phone up to uh, when you're doing some research just to get some product information. And then I think the um, the the savvy retailers are good at, at jumping in and and you know throwing some some prices at you in there too when when you're searching. But you yeah, know, if you're looking for a you know a camera or or something, you're going to want to check the specs and and figure out what it does and doesn't do. Yeah. And so there's that, you know, you're looking for product information. Um, you're not necessarily at the shopping point, at the, you know, at that point. So, right. Uh, and that's kind the of conversion, yeah. right? closing. Yeah. And even around the holidays, you know, sometimes we use this as an excuse to, to do a bigger ticket, you know, kind of a nicer, you know, whatever. And, yeah. that's a good and point. so, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for just, I want to know the basics about this product. Whereas in the old days, you know, we'd, we'd go into, like you said, Sears, and we'd ask the guy, like they were commissioned salespeople on the floor, and we'd ask them, tell me about this, you know, so the fancy trust blender or has shifted 
from the human being or the store or the retailer itself to ourselves. Like it's, we are, and with Alexa and Google and everything that we're about to have available to us in the next 10 years and with voice and it's going to be all, I mean, and and that's how we're going to get, again, going back to this like dopamine hit, that's how we're going to get the most satisfaction is that we're in control now. But so one of the things, and we didn't touch on it on the first trend or the first discussion point, is like everything on the show, I try to, you know, come back to, okay, well, what do marketers do with this? Like, that's a really tough one because like in the industry I'm in, in entertainment and live events, like your pricing is kind of your pricing. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, Seth Godin's talked about this for years, like you're either premium or you're in a fight for the bottom. But that's the thing is that people are searching for, even you look at Amazon and you look at eBay and you look at all the, the retail and shopping sites, everybody's fighting to get that accessory on the iPhone accessory lower and lower and lower. Like what is going to, but you know, we're looking, we're sitting in a room with a Peloton bike Yeah, is that you probably wouldn't have, you wouldn't have trusted a knockoff. So you're willing to pay a premium for that. But then there's on the other end of that. So maybe for marketers, it's like you have to invest in whether it's customer service or the over-the-top marketing customer service wow moments spectacular product that will stand out above the rest because and i'll give you like one thing i'm looking for this christmas or one thing that i've been super interested in is a drone Mm -hmm. and dji um is like the brand but like i have fought the urge of like, I just want to get a Mavic Mini, which is the drone, which is like little and, you know, one of those things. But then I'm going on the Wish app, which is another, I don't know if you've been mm. on that one, but the Wish app is like, it's essentially aggregating like Alibaba products. Oh, uh, okay. But with the Wish app, which it's making billions of dollars on these thin margins, but they're living on the low dollar. Like yeah. they're living on the low end and they're making billions of dollars. So what does that say? It's like, what do marketers invest in? Do you invest in brand or do you invest in getting to the bottom and then, you know, I don't know. It's such a tough it's such a tough thing right now because it feels like all the top end brands, but I mean, has Mercedes or BMW or Peloton or have they distinguished themselves enough? Have they have they ingrained themselves enough in people's brains? that they have a market and they've they've carved it out and they're good, but is that still gonna get hacked away at in the next five to 10 years? I don't know. I mean, yeah, so I, yeah, to me, it's kind of the the, di- <coughs> the differentiation game. So, Excuse me. Uh, so, you know, let's take uh, you're in events, but let's, let's call it golf yeah. tournaments or whatever. Sure. Okay, so if every golf tournament was the same, then we'd all just run to whatever the closest and cheapest and most convenient golf tournament yes. right? right? Right. But we know they're not all the same. That's right. What's the one tournament that you want to go to? The you, Masters. That nobody gets to go to. Yeah. Except for, you know, 40,000 people. Or right. Like that. I probably want Masters. to go to the Masters. Yeah. Or, you know, one of the brands in golf or one of the tournaments that's really distinguished themselves is the Waste Management in Phoenix because yeah. of 
the 16th hole. Yep. It's like, I want to go experience that. Yep. But you're right. It's like, if you don't invest in the long-term approach yep. of branding, yep. you're just going to get, it's a race to the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so the things that, that make us different actually, actually, you know, bring value to us. Right. If we can play those things up and, and it's, you know, you just kind of have to know that, um, you know, you're not the answer for everybody. Yeah. Um, but you have to know who your people are. It, and you also have to know that like marketing, one of the things about it is if you can ingrain your product in people's brains, because part of it is um, it's the feeling or the status people get from a product. Yeah. It's like you have a Peloton or you have a Mercedes or you, you don't have a Mercedes, but if you had a Mercedes, it was like, or a Chevy or what or an iPhone mm-hmm. or a Mac. There is something in us very psychological level that we buy products for the status that they give us. Yeah. So can you be a product that gives can you market your product and be a product that gives people status? I think yeah. that's a question everybody needs to be asking themselves this Christmas or in 2020. Is that are you? Uh, we we we've talked about Gary Vaynerchuk a ton, so the, he's in the agency business. But being with Vayner Media at this point, he's making millions and millions or whatever, or the the agency is. But by him being a brand on his own, you associate yourself with Vayner Media as a brand, and it's like it gives you status, right? Yeah, you yeah. go to a conference and you're like, oh, we're with Vayner Media, yep. and that's cool. So there's still something to that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and status, just so everybody out there listening knows, doesn't mean necessarily prestige. It just right. it means worldwide. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it means it means whatever uh, whatever you you need it to mean for you. So some some people want to be seen. Some consumers want to be seen as you know the the outlaw or the beach bum or True. the um, you know the the country club guy or, or whatever. So it doesn't necessarily. Status has one of those words. Where, is one of those words where you tend to think it's not uh, all about luxury status yeah, not, or high end not status. High end. It just it means might be like affiliation with right. a group or yes. like or, a Harley Davidson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gives you status. It's not necessarily this is the most expensive bike in the world, but it says I'm a dang American BA, right? Yeah. Like I I have this. I wear it. I I ride it, and like you know when I pull up in that, that's like. I invested in this product because it gives me status. Yep. Yep. So okay. So we've we've gone on. That's a good one. Um, and then we got one more on here, and then I'd love to hear any more that you might have had uh, written down. You know, you know from the marketing that works podcast that I like to riff. Um, oh, and this is a great one. Holiday, <clears throat> excuse me. Holiday shopping number three. Holiday shopping trend number three. Time is the most valuable asset. There's always folks, 13% of shoppers, in fact, who don't want to do research. They either don't enjoy or don't have time to embark on a lengthy process. When they want to buy, they want to buy now and in the easiest, fastest way possible. But shoppers have other parameters that shape their decision making. For example, they want flexible options for returns, with 40%, 47% of shoppers factoring excuse me, in the type of return policy offered before they buy, which is very interesting. Because Amazon, Zappos, and you look at all these ones that are like free returns, 
no problem. You don't have to worry about it. Again, for marketers and for brands, relieving anxiety is so huge. Free shipping on the front end, free shipping on the back end. That's so. And, and I'll yeah, I'll pause you right there. Returns are one of those things that I don't even I don't even think about because I assume that returns are going to be free, like no questions asked. Yes, free. Like Target, you take anything back, and they're like, okay, anything wrong with it? Nope, just didn't fit. Okay, great. You know, you know as yes. long as you have the you know a receipt or the credit card you bought it with, and it's yep. not like three years old or something like that. <laughs> Um, or it's just an egregious, like, yeah. I'm bringing this and it has a Walmart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But 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 the return game, like, I don't even think about returns. I just always assume it's not going to be a problem if I bring this back. Now, that, yes. that may not be the case everywhere, but that's my assumption. Yes. It's an assumption, but if it ever pops up on you as a shopper, it is looked at as a friction point. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like... Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm never doing business with this group again. I mean, Zappos and Amazon and all these other brands, I mean, they just built that into the product and it's like, you don't have to worry about it. Relieving friction and relieving anxiety points is such a huge thing for marketers and for brands. So marketers, the whole thing is raising awareness and getting the word out and advertising and communications and all those other things. But marketers, and I've talked about this on the show a ton, marketers have to be looking and investing in the convenience and frictionless process because it's actually doing a couple things. It's increasing retention, which lowers your advertising and marketing spend. But it's also, it's building in these behaviors for the future that you don't, I don't know, that you don't necessarily have to worry about. And it's it's such a huge it's, it's also just that oh and the other the other big thing i was going to touch on is word of mouth is that if you look at and i've looked at research for years and word of mouth pops up as number one or number two of every single time we do research of how someone heard about the product oh yeah so if they have a frictionless experience you've wowed them in some way as a customer they're going to tell other people whether that's through social media or just person human to human but um Finishing up on that article, it was, they also prefer totally autonomous and self-service experience. 55% of people say they like it when companies make it easy for them to do what they want without having to talk to anybody, which that's really interesting and that's kind of the end of the article. But that trend, I have, the best thing to do as marketers or or just anybody is look at what you're actually doing. Like yes. How yes. you're buying Preach. and Thank what you. you're doing yep. on a daily basis. Because we don't think about it. It becomes, you know, kind of unconscious, like, oh, I need to buy something. I go and do what? But as a marketer myself, like, I constantly have to stop myself, analyze it, and go, like, like almost like swipe files. Like, if I see a good advertisement, I will save it now. I'm trained to do that. But before, most people, most humans are not. They just react, right? But this whole thing, this autonomous shopping and not wanting to deal with a human, I'm doing that more and more. Also, text messaging. Like for us, so we in the entertainment business and for a lot of sports marketers, the, the phone has been a huge tool for outbound and inbound. Now we're to the point where nobody wants to answer the phone anymore. But we're still doing a lot of what we used to do, but we saw text messages go through the roof. We implemented it, used it, and now our fans are basically telling us, just text me. Like, 
text me or email me, don't call me. Yeah. Like, do not call me. Yeah. Because I don't want to talk to a human being. So what, what do you think about that? It's amazing. I, I, I agree. And, and I'm kind of a conflicted person on that. Um, in a like a customer service situation, I have a problem, a question or whatever yeah. with cable or you know whatever. Um, the first thing I do is I do the the little chat, chat thing. Yes, um, because I can multitask while I do that or whatever. More so than I can if yeah. I'm sitting on the phone with somebody. Phone, you're just the the flip side. In in any kind of um, you know, if I want to buy something, buying online without having to call somebody or whatever all day long. Boom, prime shipping. Yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, right. The flip side of that is if I, if my cart is full at Target or the grocery store, yeah. and there's no option other than maybe self checkout, maybe Food City, maybe <laughs> nice very plug, fine local plug for Food City. <laughs> yes, um, like it irritates me. Like if there's if there's not a human to check me out, like it kind of irritates me. Okay, so unless you have a basket size, maybe under five items, do you like the autonomous shopping? At Walmart or Food City or anywhere or Target? Um, nah, I mean, in, in rare cases. So like if I have one thing in my hand. at a register experience as a convenience because it's like they're running the items through and yeah. they take a lot of pain. Yeah, so like, yeah. At, you know, at a grocery store, I don't have to, I don't want to, I don't know what the code for, you know, asparagus is. <laughs> but or how to weigh it and all right. that stuff. So to me, they know what they're doing. They can probably do it a lot more quickly and efficiently yes. than I can. So, um and you know they're nice people at the grocery store I shop. So, so yeah, in that experience, I kind of like having a person there. Okay, but which is very interesting, just because there is still some retail experiences that you want someone to. But does it come back to the convenience factor? It comes back to ultimately. Yeah, it's about convenience because like if that line was seven people deep, you might be leaning towards going out. The autonomous shopping. Absolutely. And I do. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And so, you know, what it tells me is, you know, obviously I think it's probably more profitable for the retailer to have a machine there than than a person. But also, I don't think the machines would be there if the customers didn't want them. Yes. So I think, right. the, I think it, the market is saying, heading in that we kind of like this. Right. Is Was there anything else on your list? Um, Holiday. Shopping trends. Christmas. So I think the one place where there's where there's opportunity okay. is um, in, and it, it's not necessarily a trend like this, but but one th- one place where I think there's opportunity okay. is in travel. Huh. Like I think my guess, if I'm just prognosticating, is that over the next decade or whatever, um, either we will add a lot of money to travel around okay. the holidays. Yeah. Uh, or some will come off of like just the hard spending on stuff and and will shift over to travel. I just keep talking to more and more people that are like, you know, I'm kind of stressed out and bummed out with like family situations and all that stuff, and I just want to get out of town. Hmm. And I know travel is a big thing around the holidays, but you know, I know a couple, you know, people that are going skiing or going to the beach for two weeks or or whatever. They're just they just want to get out of Dodge. That's interesting. And it's probably, I mean, there is inherent stress in like buying gifts for everybody and the expectation level. That is really interesting. Over the next five to 10 years, do we see a trend of people going to this more, you know, as yoga has climbed and meditation climbs in popularity, this sort of peaceful life sort of idea that is it going to be, well, I'd rather take everybody to the beach or skiing 
then instead of buying this expectation of of yeah retail therapy like i'm gonna go buy i have to buy all these gifts for everybody exactly that is really interesting and i think it i think it plays off of that last point that you mentioned that that consumers are are focused on their time Time, and you know the the self-checkout things are a convenience because it saves you time yes but also uh you know what else what else do we have other than than our it's it's to me my most precious asset yes um and so but that's become a craze in the past like 10 years like Nobody was talking about it. I don't feel like until the gurus like Tony Robbins and I mean, there's tons of people out there that have that have really pushed this whole thing of like time is your most finite resource. Or Tim Ferriss, like with the four hour work week yeah. was I want to be a lifestyle entrepreneur. And that became like super hot in and that was 10, 15 years ago. But that is and but it's getting built into us as saying Time is my most precious asset. So sh- doing anything, shopping, travel, like everything is about this time I have left yep. on earth, which may get longer as health gets better, but it's still going to be popular of like, what do I do with it? You yeah. know, and I want to do, I want to do stuff that makes me happy. That makes my family happy that, you know, serves a better purpose and a better need, but keep going. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, that's it. That's I that was really, I just wanted to, to drop that in there. I, I did have a cu- couple questions for you that I want your just kind of rapid fire thoughts on. Bring it. Um, email marketing yes. around Christmas. Um, I'm seeing trends right now that people are annoyed more and more because, well, I think what, what ends up starting it is Black Friday and Cyber Monday. That it's like people are interested in the deals, but as marketers, we just oversaturate people's inboxes with email so like there's this annoyance factor that starts around black friday cyber monday and it sort of carries through and again it's this trust factor of are you just trying to get in my pocket or are you really doing me a service but what's your is that like is that is that the question is what trend am i seeing is it still relevant is that what you're asking no i'm i'm curious if you think it's a it's effective or if like you're saying if it does more to does it harm a brand yeah yeah uh, it's still effective, for sure, but um, I think being, I think at this point, there are other ways to be servicing your customer that are more relevant than just spamming them with offers. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple examples, but... And really, yeah. at, the, at this point in the year, that's all that's going to be. From Black Friday to Christmas, it's just going to be offer, 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 offer. Yeah, because like of what happened. You know, in this article, talking about the $850 billion that's spent in commerce yeah. in this month time frame. Yes. Yeah. Okay, another question for you. So uh, everybody's trying to get a piece, yeah. Have you been, can you think of an example of you, Drew Bedard, being influenced to buy something this Christmas from an Instagram ad, a Facebook ad, or something you saw on Google? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, well, I can certainly say that I'm gonna think about myself, but uh, yeah, Allbirds. Like Allbirds is a, a primarily Facebook and Instagram driven advertising company. And over the last six months, they have peppered me with so many ads and so much about comfortable shoes that I put it on my list because yeah. I was like I think I want some Allbirds not only because of 
it does look comfortable, but it's because of a status thing. Like I want to wear them because now they're cool. Yeah. So cert, yeah. So that's that's one right there. But also, like Jessica's had a silly one, which was like, um, she wanted one of those water droplet barometers for the house. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but but it's like totally random thing popped up on Instagram, probably by like our voices, like we were talking about the other night, of absurd things that have popped up in our advertising. Um, but she saw it so many times and thought it was cool that she forwarded it to me and said, will you please buy me this for Christmas? Love it. Yeah. So there's something to it. The hard part is, I will say from an advertising standpoint on the other side of it, is that Facebook, well, Facebook definitely delivers. Instagram's one of those, It it is the cross or border between banner ad and Facebook ad. Facebook ads are super, Facebook and search ads, super high converting. Whereas a banner ad is super low converting, but you treat it like a billboard. Whereas an Instagram ad is sort of like a mix and it hasn't quite gone all the way to, this is rock solid gonna convert for me. You still have to treat it a little bit like a banner ad or a billboard that it's branding. But you've seen these Instagram ads pop up over the last six or 12 months where it is, they have just said, we are going to commit to this. You can click through and learn more, but it's branding. Like we're just going to hit you over and over and over again until we wear you down. But the conversion might not come from the Instagram ad. So that's attribution is a huge thing for marketers right now is like you always want to directly tie something to something, a search ad, a Facebook ad, a print ad, a billboard, a TV ad. But it's so hard these days, even with digital, is like the last click attribution because Instagram doesn't convert a ton for us, but we know it's helping with the branding, it's helping with the awareness, just like billboards do. So there's still some money in it, but when we go back and we look at it after a campaign, we're like, "Mm, it didn't really convert that high, but all the digital experts are still saying it's, still because the eyeballs are there the yeah. as you know Gary V talks about the uh, I mean it's like uh, the attention yeah it's yeah. like which punch takes down the opponent in a fight like is it the yes third one is it the, to the ribs the last one right yeah um, but it's you know you gotta you gotta keep throwing those punches yes right it, it, you could have broken somebody's rib two rounds ago but it's you know it's that you just hit them the right way and it's like, okay, that one that broke, now I'm really in a lot of pain. Yeah, it's the same thing for marketers is that you've got to experiment. You've got to try a lot of different things, especially at Christmas time um, that we're kind of talking about. But um, you've got to know that you're not always going to get that last click attribution from that ad, but you've just got to be out there in the marketplace. And you just got to be smart about, which we've talked about in here, just be smart about your branding. Don't always, don't always go for the bottom because you, you there's a there's a thin line and a steep cliff between premium brand and low dollar, whatever cookie cutter brand like everybody else. Yep. And if you fall off that cliff, it's you you um, you risk that you may never get back. So yeah. Anything else you have to add this That's week? Great. We're probably running out of tape here, but I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> well, it's digital, but we have, this is, so normally, and for all my listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed this. 
Um, Leighton's going to be on all the time with me as often as possible. Um, we've gone about 40, 45 minutes, and normally I'm like a 15 minute and under. But I think what I really want to do with the show is just get into these deeper discussions of marketing because I'm hoping that the audience gets more out of it and, uh, you know, hopefully future sponsors as well. Go get some QR cards, by the way. QRcards.me. There you go. There's a shameless plug for my uh, side project. but uh, And go to avenueplanninggroup.com for sure. Absolutely. So, sorry. Anything, anything else to add? That's it. Okay. All right. That's it for this episode of the Marketing That Works podcast. We'll be back uh, next week right after Christmas. And uh, hopefully we've got a lot of topics coming up. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good 2020. But thanks for listening. And as always, if you need anything, hit me up on Twitter at Drew Bedard, at Drew Bedard on Instagram, and Drew Bedard at gmail.com. Thank you, Layden. My pleasure. Thanks. See you, buddy. Thank you.